0: hello everyone this is alice strange and you are here at magic in the mind podcast where psychology and spirituality intersect today i have a very special guest with me today can you please introduce yourself
1: hello my name is ali and otherwise known as friendly mystic online all my handles
0: awesome so today Ali and I are going to be discussing some astrology questions a couple a few more than a couple of things about astrology and maybe common misconceptions things like that and I think that's where we're starting right our common misconceptions
1: yeah. okay that's where I really wanted to start I have as an astrologer um, I specifically do Hellenistic and ancient astrology but I'm very familiar with a lot of branches of astrology, particularly the Western, but as an astrologer and answering questions and, like, you know, going over transits and things with people, I run into a lot of misconceptions uh, along the way, and so I think a podcast just about helping clear up the air so that you have a better understanding of what astrology does or what it can do for you um, will help you, like, find an astrologer that you drive with and also know how to weed out, like... (laughs) (laughs) Some of the, the dumb pop astrology that I see on the internet. It's
0: yeah. Completely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So I guess
1: talking of misconceptions, I think one of the biggest ones, and I think you brought this up to me earlier, Alice, before we started, was like the Zodiacs. Everyone's familiar with the tropical Zodiac, but a lot of people, especially in the West, have questions about the sidereal Zodiac. Mm-hmm. So, could you clear up like what your confusion is about, like tropical versus sidereal? Like, wh- where what do you, what do you know about it?
0: Um, absolutely nothing. <laughs> I I honestly, as someone who's not super into astrology, straight up, I pretty much only get astrology knowledge from like Chloe Taylor and a couple other creators, and gotcha. you know, it's just it's never like. I don't have, like, solid sources that I go to every time that, like, keeps me updated. It's just whatever is popping up on YouTube first is what I watch, and it can be sucky information sometimes, so (laughs) I really don't know much of anything.
1: So, like, the biggest difference, and I think some people, I've heard it talked about this way, uh, that Sidereal is somehow the real Zodiac. Mm. Um, because it's in alignment with the actual constellations so quick definition tropical zodiac is associated with the equinoxes and the solstices and so it's going to be about the division of the year based on the seasons and the sidereal zodiac is based on the actual constellations in the sky and a lot of people think that oh we've been doing it wrong like there's like i cannot tell you how many times i've seen like dumb clickbait articles and stuff where we're like we're not doing this like actually you're this and it's like no 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 no, no. It, in ancient times they noticed the pre- the procession of the stars the procession of the constellations like way back we all st- like the way that the tropical zodiac got the names is from the constellations but they started to notice that the constellations were starting to drift from the time of year that they had like assigned those and so there was kind of a debate back then about okay well do we follow the constellations or do we follow the equinoxes and the solstices and that's kind of how we came up with two zodiacs and the tropical zodiac is the one that's really adopted in the west and the sidereal zodiac is the one that you often see in like vedic astrology and i also think in like middle eastern like ancient middle eastern astrology I, I don't even think china i don't even think china uses astrology the same way they have their own complete different system right uh, but like they're not, neither one is more correct than the other they're just two different ways of reading energy in fact like, the tropical zodiac, the symbolism of each of the signs is based on the amount of light there is during the, like, the solar year. So, if we're going to come to, like, Aries comes as the beginning of the vernal equinox, which is the beginning of spring. And that is when the, the light of the sun has the, it has the, the, the days are growing longer than nights, right? Versus yeah, Libra, yeah. which is the autumnal equinox. And that is when the nights will be growing longer than the day. Right. And so you go through each sign, you'll see that each of the symbolism of each sign is based on the growth or the decreasing of light throughout the year. And so it's funny because that only works in the northern hemisphere because oh. that's technically the, it doesn't only work. Let me rephrase. That symbolism is from the northern hemisphere. And you can go to Australia and do astrology with the tropical zodiac the way it is. But I've also heard that you can reverse this. zodiac and still get great results because it's 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 a it's a symbolic language right first and foremost but that's a big one i don't like hearing that tropical (laughs) my bread and butter is somehow lesser (laughs) or incorrect ancients knew like we're not figuring we're not brand like yeah they they noticed a long time ago
0: yeah they yeah i think it's a good summary well put Uh, so let me go
1: down my list here, actually. So I have, um, actually I think to, to give some context to this one, like when you think of an astrology chart, like your natal chart, like your birth chart, Mm -hmm. what's the, what's like the first thing that comes to mind for you? Like what, what do you, what is the, what do you, what do you think the chart is expressing?
0: (laughs) Because my experience with zodiac charts have either been like the circle that they show you with all the I'm like mm, could never learn how to read that oh, shit the, oh, I'm I, confused um, <laughs> fuck this and then like I turn or off you like job. have like the the written out like a chart with numbers and yeah, the placements that the I can I can grasp I can get that but then it's like well you know even though, like, so-and-so's in this house, you know, like, this is also influencing it, because it's the planet, and and it just, to me, it's like, it is such, it is a language, like you said, it's a symbolic language, but it's a language, and it takes a lot to even, at least for me, to understand every aspect, and, I mean, even if you just go on, what is it, like, Cafe astrology or Cafe
1: astrology. Yeah, yes! you know, and you type
0: Everybody in Cafe sh- Astrology starts there. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and then and we go to Astro.com later. You like type in your stuff and it shows up and you read it. And then it literally is just like paragraph after paragraph, there's no end. And you just keep reading, yeah. reading, reading and everything those big generated reports. Yes, I yes. And they're not bad. They're actually like no. They're pretty good, in my opinion. But yeah, that's all I know of astrology. So when I see a birth chart, if you're talking like the words and letters writ- or numbers written out in a list.
1: Well, I just mean, I guess like the way I would describe it is like if you look at a birth chart, what information do you feel like it's like trying to convey?
0: Oh, okay. So Yeah, I
1: think it's a better way to describe the question.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I think it's it's kind of like a the energy of like who I am based on where things were when I was born. It's, like, a version of me that could be, you know, it's not, like, written in stone. It's not very direct, you know. You can, things fluctuate. But it's not fatalistic. Right, it gives you a very, like, an an overview of what you and your life and and you as a person, your personality, all those things. Just very simplified into a little list you know a little
1: so like i feel like for most people like when they first look at a chart they're like oh that's me like it's all oh. me mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's not incorrect that's a very modern approach and that's not incorrect like i wouldn't say that you would like someone coming from a modern approach is wrong per se but what i would say is that that the chart is describing like your life all the experiences like, in your circumstances that you're gonna like some that you are fated to experience and stuff that have more wiggle room the major like wave of astrology back i think in like the 70s like 60s 70s era like when it started to really make a resurgence you're gonna see a lot of like psychological astrology which Mm -hmm. like i'm on the magic and the mind progress so like yeah we love that that's a big one but like i have um a background in hellenistic and ancient astrology and that is not the approach like from the get are really using astrology to describe like the karma of an individual like the karma of the soul Mm -hmm. and like the things that you kind of like like you you chose like at least in my belief uh to experience in this like earth walk that's one thing is that like I i hear a lot of people come in and they're like talking about their chart as if the entire thing is only about like what's going on in their head and has nothing to do with like what's happening physically to them or like in their day-to-day life especially the one that comes up in a big way for that is the moon a lot Mm. of people will talk about the moon as just a subjective emotional experience but the moon is like the planet of your circumstances like it's the planet yeah it's the planet of like your early life it's the planet of family it's the planet of like your body even like your like your, it can describe your physical body as well and so I also use some psych- like psychological approaches to the way I like read planets and like parts of the chart but I would never want to I think it would be better if people could expand their view mm-hmm. of like what they can actually gather from astrology because if it's just like you know all of your like brain stuff mm-hmm. then I don't know I think it's a it's just nice to broad in the horizon of what people can like get and then even like when i'm using it in that sort of like when i'm speaking of circumstances or like the the karma it can give some background to why someone has a certain type of psychology or why somebody has a certain kind of like because like if i look at a really difficult moon placement and i'm like and it's in conflict with their say the rising sign ruler i would say oh it looks like you had a really difficult time with mom it also goes to mother so if you have a really like I will often see that in people's charts I like immediately pick up like it looks like you're either mothering was I can I don't know moon in the 12th house in Aquarius like I say I feel like you had a really emotionally detached not present mom potentially like that sort of thing happens and so like just being able to describe someone's like life experience and like look at the chart and like have no knowledge of them like in their background like giving them back like what like hey i see this life experience in your chart there's something validating and like kind of healing about that um to feel like you're being witnessed
0: first of all absolutely that is so validating and like incredibly second of all what the fuck why has no one ever told me this what why, why? Really? like I, i've never heard like literally everybody i ever have talked to about astrology either completely like just ignores the fact that it could predict or, or kind of line up with like life circumstances. I've never heard anyone cover that ever. So I guess I'm a little less knowledgeable than I thought. Um, but like also like I've heard people say like, I can't predict your future. I cannot tell you what your past was like. That's all about you and your decisions and your circumstances and blah, blah, blah. And so it's like,
1: <laughs> sorry, I'm like giggling. Cause I'm not- like, yeah. astrology is an inherently predictive tool right and it, that's the, like the course of the planets is like charted we know yeah. where the planets are going to be in like 100 years right right like, we we may not have like perfect like part of the way that you interpret planets and their transits either in the future or in the past is context so like you know what's the context of like where you're at okay let me push that five years in the future right i can start making predictions though some like like people like people are talking about how like oh astrologers if they're so good why didn't they predict the pandemic it's like no there's someone who we have like <laughs> we have records of people talking like astrologers being like hey i looked at some of the transits back like during the black plague and the spanish flu we're in for a pandemic i think part of it not having this like context or information for you comes from the fact that like primary motivation for a lot of people who go to get astrology because they don't have context is that they think it's a a, just a depiction of them, the circle, like the the real is them. And so they wanna see what's going on inside, which is completely valid. There's nothing wrong with that. Um and then like the push of astrology to be psychological back in, like, the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. uh, and, like, the last, we actually just rediscovered a lot of Hellenistic texts within the oh, last, wow. like, 40 years, okay. 40, 50 years, I think, and so we've had a lot of old texts become translated, and so old techniques that were, like, not being used, and that we didn't have, like, information of back on the table, um, and so I think we just shifted our focus away from that predictive nature i think it's very down to earth to talk about Mm -hmm. like hey i see like something's gonna happen with your money like i can look at someone's chart and be like you have a tough transit coming up it's happening in your second house of money and finances and it's gonna touch your fourth uh i think you should be aware of like your finances and your properties specifically like i I would i've told people this
0: that's that's so That makes what you do even more beautiful. Like, if I can just, like, take a moment. You're out there, like, giving the real advice. Like, the whole, like, yo, like, look at what's happening. This means this. Like, you, it could happen. And that's, that's, you're helping people. You're not just, like, you know, sitting there fooling around with, like, talking about personalities. And, you know, now that I think about it, you do see, like, the your monthly prediction or the prediction of the week. And people will like use astrology to like give you a small snippet of like on a TikTok or a, or whatever oh, yeah. YouTube shorts or like something like that. And it's just like, that's what I've seen as far it's as like predictive stuff, but like, it's so vague and like, they're not looking at your astrology. They're just looking at oh. like the, the general astrology. So it's interesting. <laughs>
1: That actually goes back to like another point that I wanted to make was that like, transits are not like you can look, so I've done mundane astrology, which is specifically looking at the transits, just like what are the planets doing at the moment and not in the context of somebody else's chart. So that's just to be like, Hey, these are the energies at play right now, but that's not going to be everybody's universal experience. Transiting planets is, is talking to that birth chart. And so this is a good example. So I have a friend who has like a ton of planets in Gemini, ton of planets in Gemini, big Gemini person, and they had like a bunch of early planet Gemini, and Saturn just moved through, just moved into Pisces back in early March, mm-hmm. and they were like, I just feel so heavy, and I like, I'm not my normal self, and I can't enjoy things. So I looked at their chart, and that I was like, hey looking at your chart this is gonna be a hard two years like Ouch. i'm like oh. this is gonna be kind of rough it's gonna come in waves because you have some like space in between but like overall it's gonna be kind of difficult for you so like i gave it to the real uh, and then i they have a planet opposite that saturn and they were i was like and it's in the first house so they're having the saturn transit 7th and they're looking at the, I'm looking at the first house of Jupiter, and I'm like, oh, you got a Jupiter-Saturn opposition squaring all of your stuff in Gemini. Cool. Both of those things are difficult.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So I was like, hey, this first part's going to be really acute. It's going to be kind of a tonal difficulty over the next few years, and you're going to feel it like it bursts because it's going to talk to each of those planets as it moves. Saturn, in particular, is a difficult planet, like, in general. Mm. tends to bring difficulty. Now, let's say somebody has, like, a lot of... uh. Um, Scorpio stuff and they have a lot of like cancer stuff and so instead of Saturn being in a conflict driven aspect to the you know how it was not Gemini it's called a square um, we're having a trine relationship and so now instead of my friend's experience of having just a bunch of difficulty and like restriction mm-hmm. they're, like difficulty from restriction this trine which is a harmonious relationship to all the you know stuff in scorpio and cancer they're gonna experience that as like a restructuring that's going to support what's going on cancer and scorpio for them and so it's gonna be like maybe establishing better boundaries because saturn is a ruler of boundaries or um getting really disciplined on something and it's supporting other parts of your life and so Mm -hmm. instead of that planet being like just difficult it's it's actually creating benefit for that person and so right. I think it can get a little bit confusing especially if you don't have any like background in astrology to go like oh well my the tiktok astrologer said that this week was going to be amazing and I didn't get like I didn't get anything in fact I had a terrible time it's like well you have to look at the chart with the the transit because not all transits uh hit the same
0: right they're just right. not
1: going to I get into, like, even the deeper predictive techniques that can talk about how big a transit's gonna be or how if it's just gonna be a little one, but, yeah, that's just the general
0: gist. Transits are, like, right above my head. Like, that, my knowledge goes up to, like, two inches above tra- or below transits. Like, everything- <laughs> I got this, but, like, once we start talking about that, my brain's like, nope! How long Actually, did it take you to, like, in studying astrology? Like, just out of curiosity, how long did it take you to get here? Like, how long have you been um, studying?
1: So, okay my journey, I would say that the thing that really changed it for me, and this could happen to somebody in a year, is taking a class, Mm. I took a course, and you have to be, I'm a big skeptic person, like, when I hear those TikTok, when I hear TikTok astrologers, or YouTube astrologers, like, I can, I'm like, "Mm," I don't know, I look at them sideways a lot, because I'm just like, Uh you're either it's too sensational or it's too spectacle driven Mm -hmm. or it's even, even I distrust like charisma personality driven stuff because Mm -hmm. it's just like, I, I, so I was like, I looked for like, I liked really old teachers (laughs) and I found the guy that I really resonated with. And he was like, that's
0: a good idea. That's a really good idea.
1: And when you're first starting, like it's so, so for me, I started looking at astrology more seriously in 2018 Okay. that was like my my like oh I got I want to look into this it's interesting I'm curious I when I was young I would look up like you know kid astrology websites mm-hmm. when I was in like elementary school like trying to see if my crush and I were a good <laughs> match <laughs> and so like um I I started uh in 2018 but I was looking at I was looking at some books and I was like taking and everything and it's very overwhelming and it so much of it especially with like you know peace was very piecemeal and so much of it was uh modern astrology and Mm. like I felt like I was just memorizing I was just memorizing keyword lists
0: yeah and that like
1: doesn't that doesn't sink in with me I'm like okay but why is the moon associated with mom why is the why is Mars associated with war and blood and sharp things like why is Venus the goddess of love why like why why does she like okay and then how come and this is back when i was using modern rulerships um in ancient astrology they didn't know the outer planets and so each planet except for the sun and the moon had two signs that they ruled over um and so like i was like but why does pluto rule scorpio and why does uranus rule aquarius um and like i'm like but where is the logic where's like i'm like i can't imagine that people would create or like i would say download I can't imagine that there's not some sort of theory or philosophy and structure behind this because it's just too intricate. And there's enough of it there where you start to get into it. And you're like, there's some, like there's something back here, but I can't see it. And I feel like so many astrologers, they just don't interact. And so when I started to research into Hellenistic astrology and like, actually I started using whole sign houses and I took this course, like he broke down everything. I was like, I was like, it suddenly everything started to click in my mind. Mm. And so I felt like I was really like, the first two years was getting familiar with terminology and really trying to like try to look at my chart and like decipher things. But I felt like I was using like half a Rosetta Stone um, <laughs> to read hieroglyphics. And, then I took this course, um, Nightlight Astrology, uh, hosted uh, by um, Adam Elibas, or taught by Adam
0: Elibas. I really, um, really I'll make him. sure I link that below, for sure. Please
1: do. Um, he is my, he's my, I'm from, I guess, through his tradition or through that tradition. Um, and I just really, like, I would say within the six months that I took that class, with some of the background knowledge I already had, everything just snapped in place. That's and then awesome. ever since then, I've been practicing reading charts, looking mm-hmm. at transits. Um, I write a full moon and new moon article, which is kind of like it's a little more sim- symbolic in the energies and like more um, I don't know. It's kind of it's a little poetic in poetry, not poetry, but like no, I, I know it's like I, mean. I use poetic language a lot because I feel like that's a real like that's how I like to express. That's
0: my I vibe. Feel. Where can I find this? It's on my website, Friendly Mystic. Okay, because I yes, okay. It'll be in the link, right? It'll It'll be be all the links, all the things. Yep,
1: all the things. I would say that the the just the six months I took of that course um was the most pivotal. But I had been I've been studying since twenty eighteen. So long answer, short. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's awesome, though. Like the fact that you find the right teacher, the right style, the right things that click with you and it just happens and I love it when things like that work out like that way um to me
1: it's also kind of felt like a remembering
0: like ah, (laughs) Uh uh
1: because it's just like that's why I wonder if that's why for me like if we're gonna go into past life stuff I felt like for me like that's why I didn't like the modern astrology stuff so much because it didn't make sense yeah yeah and like just to go through with my brain like i i've always been the person that when you teach me the theory i've got it Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. if i understand the if i understand how the like the workings like everything else is just i build on top of that which i think is like if you're going to if you're really serious about like developing an astrological knowledge then you have to have the skeleton and then you get to perform me on those bones
0: i beautiful little analogy there i love analogies
1: Depends um, on what kind of meat you're
0: putting on the bones, mm, but. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I relate to the idea of like once you know the theory, it all makes sense. I I mean, literally back in like fucking junior high doing math, and I'm like, okay, like I know how to do it, but why? Why yeah. does it work? That what is this? And they're just the, like, no, don't do it. Just don't worry about it. Just do the. P-. I hate that. See, yeah. I was a
1: mathlete in middle school.
0: Oh. And that's
1: because I had a teacher who taught me the theories. And so I was doing pre-cal at, like, age 11. Because <laughs> he could actually teach me the, like, yeah. And because of that, I was able to take – this is completely off topic. But I was able to take that theory and then go into, like, courses, like, mm-hmm. go into classes in high school and still be able to understand even though I had a shit teacher. Right, right. I knew what I was doing
0: already that's awesome it's and I feel like having like a, a simple grasp like like it's not like we're doing the math when it comes to astrology but astrology no. what I've heard is <laughs> like boiling like a down a little bit to like a like a formula you know like a little bit yeah. of a it's it's just math but with stars is what I've heard people say how do you feel about people? that Math ah, of stars,
1: um, I would say that...
0: Well, planets, not stars, but...
1: Planets, we could call them stars. In ancient astrology, they were called the wandering stars.
0: Oh, I've heard because, that, actually, yeah.
1: Uh, I really love them as stars. I also call... I'll. It's funny, I'll call them the wandering stars, but then I'll also call uh, the sun and the moon planets. Yes. Yeah. I think that's actually where the word planet comes from, the root is wandering star, but I'm not sure. Oh. Um, You'll also know, have to fact check me on that. But um, math ah, is astrology is math so if you're hand calculating charts sure but like <laughs> there is the the how do I describe this because like I guess if we're talking about like how do I calculate like how do I know uh when it uh with like planets are aspecting each other and like what the aspect is um I don't use the lines on the chart because i find them confusing (laughs) i find them distracting what i do is i look for sign relationships instead and so Mm -hmm. i guess to break down aspects like uh i think some of us are to i guess maybe to give some people some vocabulary so that we, we all know what we're talking about um an aspect is just when two planets are a certain degree like, away from each other on a 360-degree circle, which is, like, you know, gotcha. the chart. A completely opposite one another, so 180-degree split, that's an opposition. 120 degrees opposite, or, like, mm-hmm. a separated on either side is considered a trine, which, so, if you took 120 degrees on each point of the circle, you'd get a triangle, so that's right. where it comes from, right? Square, 90 degrees apart. <laughs> mm-hmm put 90 degrees on those you'll make you know you'll make a square and then uh 60 degrees apart is a sextile which makes a hexagon
0: you have in like two seconds just answered so many questions i had i never knew what any (laughs) of that shit it's based on the platonic
1: solid it's based on the platonic shapes like
0: solids okay gotcha yeah gotcha so
1: like there's some modern aspects that i don't use because i'm Mm -hmm. like there's a there's there's a meaning behind planets that are not in a, they call it Ptolemaic aspect mm-hmm. platonic will um like there's reason there, there's interpretations you gather from those planets being not in those kind of aspects specifically you would call that uh, in aversion when those planets mm-hmm. are in aversion to one another it means like they don't see each other okay. and so there's an interpretation you could have from planets being in aversion so which is why I don't use um, what, I forget the names of those other aspects. I don't want to poo-poo on modern astrologers at all. I just want to put that out there because, like, I talk about it, I'm like, I don't use those. I don't use that. Um, I really appreciate what modern astrology has done because it's kept the art alive. And mm-hmm. I've had my first astrology reading was with a modern astrologer who did transpersonal astrology reading, Dane Brugger, which is a really, like, magnificent and very famous psycho- psychological astrologer. Um, uh, I just don't use his techniques because they just don't resonate with me and so there's nothing inherently wrong about using different techniques people obviously have success with them people go back to those like astrologers who use those techniques and they have great accuracy it's just that for me uh, i have a different relationship with ancient techniques and hellenistic techniques
0: right that's that's a honestly just makes so much sense to me because if you want to consider you know Astrology adjacent to like witchy spiritual type things, everybody says find what resonates, take what resonates and leave the rest. So, like, you've got to find what kind of uh, I guess, what kind of astrology fits you, or like what kind of like style of um person who who interprets in their own way, like you do. Like, just kind of like if you click, if you vibe, like then that is probably going to be the best you know the best version of astrology for you and and as much as it sucks to be like well you just have to kind of try it out and find out like you kind of do completely it is completely that
1: um like so well uh, yeah so i tried like it's funny because i had a really great reading with a a modern astrologer whom i love and respect and he Mm -hmm. he was the astrologer his readings were so accurate that like i it was like what really drew me back in mm-hmm. like i was just like i don't know how you did that but that's incredible so he clearly has chops right what's his name it's ray but i forget his last name i think he has ray astrology i don't know We might label link i don't know but i'm about to look it up but i love his stuff um it's just that i as a teacher he was much more philosophical it was very much like building up your own understand- understanding from the ground up as opposed to, like, having, like, a system. And I was like, yes, oh, okay. the system. <laughs> I love the system. It works. I can mm-hmm. build on the system. I can have my own interpretations mm-hmm. and symbolic, like, relationship with with different things or, like, interpretations. Right. So one thing I see a ton of people do is, like, reduce things down to signs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's like, oh, I'm an Aries. Oh, I'm a Taurus. Like I'm a like it's mm-hmm. always very that. Like it's always very sign dominant. And I gotta say, I think it's planet dominant. <laughs> it's like yeah, I think you would have a better idea of like a better idea of astrology if you studied the planets more than the right. signs. But I think people are really attracted to signs as personality types.
0: Yeah, and that's just not how yeah. I see the signs. You know, honestly, people are they they will t- fight tooth and nail to get themselves a good personality test and then they're like I'm an INFJ oh, <laughs> what, 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 I, I I a, I literally have PTI
1: is astrology for boys. <laughs> it is.
0: Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. That and she was the girl who was like, I'm the rarest personality type. Like Oh my God. You guys okay, are lucky to have here. me to have a friend, like as a friend, like you're so lucky to have me here for you. And then she tells me that I'm a narcissist for, for trying to relate to people by sharing my experiences. I, okay.
1: like uh... I don't know where we're going to cut this, but like, that's very, um, I find that a lot of people with like neurodivergence, they'll, they share their personal experience as a mm-hmm. way to connect. Like that mm-hmm.
0: is like, Yeah.
1: Hey, I understand you because I did, I
0: went through this. Yes, and she also has ADHD. So, like, I'm just like, where, where are you missing it? She also has a child, two children with ADHD and a child with autism. I'm like, how can you say, like, I, I wasn't respecting your boundaries (laughs) if you weren't giving me any signs? And she's like, well, I was reading a book and didn't even look up at you. Like, that's That's not communication. communication. Anyway, that was one of my Saturn return lessons was like girl don't don't listen to anybody who tells you to shut up like your voice is your gift and i was just like thank you universe huh and and then i started a podcast so the
1: signs as uh like personality types is one of those things that like i see a lot on pop astrology and yes i love them like Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong (laughs) i love i love seeing like silly shit about like oh yeah you know buy some my big three or something or like uh things of like that but like I think it's really important I think it goes back to the astrology as psychology thing and the chart as a like psychological profile it yeah. goes back to like the signs as personality types it is a way to understand the signs but I find it to be reductive as well right. um because like I think to understand them less as personality types and therefore having like just human expression hmm to think of them as archetypes and the different ways those archetypes express themselves i think i, I hit on something you seem very yeah. excited
0: <laughs> just, just, the, just the whole this okay so like i just did a deep dive on carl Jung and like his ideas of archetypes. he was an astrologer he was he was he yeah was, this guy he was if you've not read like any kind of like biography by him don't bother go to wikipedia it is the craziest No what yeah i I have an episode carl (laughs) i i have an episode coming out that is supposed to be like about his theories and like about like what he did but it's honestly just about how fucking crazy his life was and all the weird shit he did
1: like he was getting visions and shit like yeah yeah. and he, he was like deeply scientific and yeah he was he had such a hard he struggled with the mm-hmm. fact that he was getting like visions and like doing astrology he didn't tell yeah. people no and he published i believe he didn't publish this i think it was published after his death like the red book yes yes i mm-hmm. want to read that that's a big one but i think yeah. that was a really expensive hard it to is
0: get. it is i've heard that but you like, can get like the black book the different because there's the what i read was the red book is made up of like a jillion of the black books there, it's just, mm. but he called it one book, and that's why he, like, made it th- into the Red Book, because it was, like, Got a it. bunch of little black journals that he called the Black Book, and he wanted it all Got in one. It. So you could, like, try to, like, piece that together, but that sounds way too complicated.
1: I, either way, I would still like to read a snippet, even. Right, right. But, yeah, so, like, the guy was, science in, as, yeah. Science as archetypes, I think, is a much better way, because, like, or at least a more expansive way because mm-hmm. like you can still have an archetype that shows up in a human experience and oh, as yeah. like as a personality but like if we're gonna talk about i like to talk about aries some aries rising and aries is always first so mm-hmm. but like thinking of like what does the beginning of spring feel like you're just out of winter like things are suddenly bursting through the like bursting through the dirt uh, it's hot, it's warm now. you can go up like you know you might have like a little kiss of winter left, but like it's kind of like this rebirth, this sudden like revival of yeah. things. like you know went and died for winter. <laughs> so there's a feeling of like a fire, uh, like an initiation of life that you know you can think of and also like if we're to think of it in regards to the, um, the rulership of Mars as the god mm-hmm. of War, God of blood um mm-hmm. god of sacrifice uh god of um even kitchens because it's uh, heat of fire and knives oh, are used
0: in kitchens. oh so, okay yeah. okay
1: uh if you see a mars and taurus you might have a cook on your hands
0: um
1: <laughs> but like thinking of that like hot-headed like i'm just gonna go for it like a dandelion in the mid like beginning of spring they come up really quickly and then, then the machismo there's sort of a masculinity mm-hmm. to that energy um and coming at the height of the, the sun's like rebirth, there is this feeling of like you can kind of apply that that feeling and think of it, okay, like if I have Aries in let's say you have Libra rising and so you have Aries in the seventh house, like the seventh house is your well, I guess that goes back to humans either way. That goes back to, like, your partnerships. And so mm-hmm. that may be a way that either you enter partnerships in this sort of, like, sudden way. Maybe mm. you have partners that approach you and they're like, hey, I like you. Like, they don't beat about around the bush. Mm-hmm. They are willing to initiate and they have kind of... They might have sort of, like, a masculine energy to them if mm-hmm. you have a seventh house Aries. Thinking of... I mentioned the seventh house but I think the tenth house might be a better analogy just to think of like your career being Aryan not like Mm -hmm. not like that (laughs) not like that um but being like that sort of like masculine athletic competition energy so maybe you have a job maybe maybe your work or your career or your practice the thing you do in the world is like related to sports Mm Mars is the god of sports so there's a sense of like the winning and the glory that uh, Aries is associated with that yeah. kind of sh- will show up where Aries touches your chart in some regard. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, that's that one talking about the signs as not personality types per se, but like right. archetype and yeah. finding a way to like, or even like one that I, I go to a lot is like just thinking of it as an energy. Yeah. Everything. Has energy. Everything. Though
0: yeah.
1: I, I think oh it's a little loosey-goosey, but I think if you kind of get into, like, the feeling of it, it makes it easier to sort of apply it more broadly than just thinking of it as a personality.
0: Yeah, I've looked into that a little bit, like, as an energy, like, as just a kind of, like, this is the influence that comes with this type of thing, and very, like you said, loosey-goosey, I I love that I love being able to like twist it and like oh so like it could mean this for someone else but for me it looks more like this and and kind of being able to like build your own you said that earlier but like build your own kind of symbolism that comes with it Um, that's definitely that's the vibe
1: yeah Uh, one thing that it it is funny though because like sometimes the astrology is extremely literal and so we've had recently Uranus and Taurus, which is the symbol yeah. of the cow, mm-hmm. um, and I believe there was like either a moon, it was a conjunct the moon or uh, square the moon. I forget what this aspect was exactly. I believe it was like a full moon, something like that. But there mm-hmm. was like this accident on the highway of a truck, eighteen wheeler carrying a bunch of milk.
0: Oh, <laughs>
1: which is like very taurian that is very very yeah literally cow milk it's a it's an accident sudden extreme explosion of milk all over highway (laughs) so uh i think also yeah it just being able to apply it more broadly helps you Mm -hmm. kind of look at the look at what not just like thinking of your brain as like the the like all of these like like planets in your your head Uh uh-huh Having action, but also like getting to look in the world and see the yeah. stars reflected back, like yes. literally the the voices of gods. <laughs> At least in my practice, <laughs> right, like, they're, right, They're considered the gods or the planet of gods.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. I love everything you've said. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna have Thank to be you. all over your new moon and full moon stuff on your website because yeah. I'm always like. I don't know what like this moon even means. Like, what is it? What is it important? Like, why? What are we doing why here? Why is it
1: important? Yeah. Well, it, actually, we have a we have an eclipse coming up at the end of the month. Is it the end of the month?
0: It's like the second yes, it's to last up. week or something. I yeah. Think. Oh sh. We have two, like you know, like it's one and then two. The yeah.
1: It's in May. No, it's not the oh, end of the month. Oh, they're in May. Okay. Yeah, it's at the beginning of May. Sorry. Okay. Close enough. Yeah. Uh, if that one's going to be an a Aries a solar eclipse. No. Yes. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm an astrologer. I should know this. Let me double check. I'm pretty sure it's a solar eclipse, which would mean it is at the end of the month. Yes. It's March twenty. Nope. April 19th. Yeah. Okay. It screws me up because it's technically a blue moon.
0: Oh, right. I didn't think about that.
1: that. So, um. Oh, I, d- I don't know if it's technically a blue moon, because um, a blue moon is when you have a two either two new moons or two full moons in the same month. Right. But this is this is two new moons in the same sign, which is unusual. Mm. That only that happens mm. rarely. Yeah. We had it happen in Aquarius last year. It was either last year or the year before. But uh, this one is really close to the nodes of the moon, and so there will be an eclipse coming oh. up on the 19th which Very is nice. only a little way i don't know when this is coming out so hope, <laughs> hopefully
0: we're gonna it push it a little forward <laughs> so we can make sure that this yeah
1: yeah um so my next one will be about that my next write-up is going to be about that eclipse um, which i don't have time to get to eclipses right now because
0: that's, that's fine pretty,
1: that's a pretty big topic um uh i also want to talk i mean talking about transit transits in general When I say that there's a retrograde coming up, what do you feel?
0: My instant thought is, oh, no, what planet is it? You know, because, like, you know, like, I've had some good experiences with, like, some retrogrades. Um, If I'm remembering correctly, it was, like, the last three or four months of my Saturn return. And Saturn was in retrograde, along with, like, a billion other planets. But, like... There was a bunch of planets in retrograde Yes, yes. You know what I'm talking about. Lots of outer planets... I had kind of just picked up on like, oh, well, it's Saturn and like, it's getting to be a big part of my life. This this stuff with Saturn, and like increasing, you know, getting a little more and more. And with the retrograde, I was able to kind of like step back and like look through the lessons I had learned and like see myself doing all the things that I was supposed to be doing, doing them correctly, as it's like in retrograde. And it's like, just kidding, goes forward and I'm, a wreck again. But, you know, it's just, it was, it was a good, like, that's, like, a good experience I've had. So, mm-hmm. I, I always want to know, like, what planet is it, and then I go directly to my chart, and I'm like, where is this touching, what does this have to do with, you know, but. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, the thing i run into a lot is that, like, when people hear that a planet is going to go retrograde, it's usually met with anxiety.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or some kind of, like, oh, I gotta, like, oh, I can't do X, I can't do Y. mm mm-hmm. um, and so, like, there's this feeling of, like, transits being very fatalistic. Uh, right. And I'm just here to say that, like, Mercury goes retrograde, like, half the time. Because it's not that it's not that bad. It really no. isn't. Um, it, it's, it's not even... I think people think retrograde, they think things going wrong. And right. I think that's really not a helpful or even healthy way to look at the planet.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: especially since, like i think that the planets are just reflecting our experience and the experiences that we're given are there to enhance our lives or learn something or to gain we we, it's not always about like not it's not always about avoiding painful experiences or avoiding like stressful experiences because sometimes you need to experience that absolutely and it can be a little fraughtful when You know you're trying to work with your technology or you're trying to like communicate and it's just not happening for you say mercury is is, uh retrograde but retrograde is really just about going over and double checking your work
0: yeah like that
1: is the biggest to me that's the the biggest thing that comes up with retrogrades and so sometimes when people talk about mercury retrogrades they have this like sometimes i see i see astrologers out here in the streets (laughs) <laughs> doing the absolute most, like talking about retrogrades, and I'm just like, chill out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like
1: sometimes, sometimes retrograde is hard, but there are transits that happen on a regular basis that are probably harder. Yeah,
0: yeah. Than, like
1: your your run of the mill Mercury retrograde. Now, that's not to say that they're not frustrating, because mm-hmm. a retrograde is basically okay. I'm moving forward on this thing, and I think it's going well. Okay, oops, I forgot something. I have to go all the way back. Yeah. Hey, I got to go back forward and redo my work, which sometimes you need to double check and triple check things to make them the way they need to be. And sometimes right. a retrograde is just kind of like a realignment and a reassessment mm-hmm. that like course corrects you into like a better direction. And so I think if we get over, if we just are aware that a retrograde is coming and we go, okay, well, I better, let's say with Mercury, um, God of communication, written contracts and agreements, mm-hmm uh short term short travel and um, technology writing. technology, yeah, uh, thank you. I go okay, these topics or these <laughs> these significations are gonna have difficulty. like I, I will expect things to not exactly go my way. But if I trust the process and I don't get overly frustrated with things not like necessarily panning out the way I want them to, then I may have a better outcome in the end. Yeah just prepared for that to happen it's a lot easier yeah it's like if you just let go and let god (laughs) it becomes a lot easier and it's not nearly as
0: scary that exactly what you said let go just totally you know prepare yourself let your mind get used to the idea and then just be like okay well whatever happens happens and just let it go just accept that you have to let it go and yeah, and that sounds like really simple until you like fucking do it, and it's not simple <laughs> at all. But like, it, with practice, my friends, you will learn. Well,
1: also, also the thing about like looking at transits in general is that when you look at like how long, okay, let's say you have you have a moon placement it's getting a hard aspect from like Mars. Mm. That's pretty uncomfortable. That's pretty agitating. Um, it can probably put you in some emotional like hypersensitivity and like fighting or conflict. Mm-hmm potentially and you if you know how long that Mars is gonna be there you have a time frame for that conflict mm-hmm. and so now you're not like you know you can go to the Buddhist angle and be like everything is temporary and this too shall pass mm-hmm. and but like with astrology you get a you can get a, like a pretty accurate time frame like hey you're gonna be feeling this for like I think you talked about my Gemini friend like you're gonna be feeling this for like two years yeah yeah right it's gonna be tunnel but like you're probably gonna go through a couple of conflicts related to this mm-hmm. over the next two mm-hmm. years and like just having like a knowing when it the tunnel like the light at the end of the tunnel is yeah yeah like that that alleviates a lot of psychic pressure <laughs> for some yeah, people yeah and so i often will like have people come to me in my practice and just be like i feel like shit my life is shit why is it shit and <laughs> yeah or like, yeah. like everything fell apart this time and i'm like yeah i can see why and then here's a time frame of when things mm-hmm. up for you uh and that just like even just that knowledge knowing like it lets you like go of the needs of yeah. like i have to fix yeah. it like yeah. i have to change this i have to like to shape it i have to like you know just go oh i'm gonna feel like i'm gonna have this conflict there's not really any avoiding this and then you could take the medicine of those planets and then like work with it to actually mm-hmm. like move through it easier
0: yeah so like, yeah
1: that just there's just so much there's so much wisdom in. i love looking at transits just for that reason um though i think people will get that sort of like oh i know this is coming up so i have to do it like this right, or I have to, right you. so uh it's just having a different relationship with what you're seeing going on in the stars but The only thing i do like i will mention this as an astrologer because i would be remiss if i didn't um the only thing i really don't recommend to do during a retrograde is to start something new Mm. the whole symbolism of a retrograde is Mm -hmm. a reordering it's a revising it's a looking back it's um rethinking especially if you're thinking about mercury um it's about it's not about trying to make something new happen. It's about right. going back up what's already happened and then, like, assessing what's there and then, either, you know, editing, pulling things right. apart. It's kind of like it's like don't start don't start a new draft. Yet it's time to edit the one you already have.
0: Gotcha. That's a good way to that's put it. That's kind of the
1: that's kind of the best way I could put it specifically for Mercury. Now with the outer planet retrogrades. Don't worry too much if you see Pluto retrograde. Don't worry too much if you're seeing like um, Neptune retrograde. Don't worry too much if you're seeing Uranus retrograde. You're gonna he- feel those planets a lot more when they're aspecting something mm. than like feeling the retrograde itself. Um, it's the it's the closer planets. Not to say that they don't have any signification when they're retrograde. It's right. just that they're. I don't. I don't really. See I don't really see them having that same impact as, say, like, on a day-to-day as, like, your Mercury retrograde or your Venus retrograde or even your Mars retrograde mm-hmm, all the way up to, I would say Saturn is the last one I would look at for retrogrades, Um, like, in a bigger way. Right. And even so, like, I wouldn't even be too concerned about it uh, unle- unless it's touching something in your chart specifically. Right, right. Because, again, transits are personal. Yeah, yeah. Lisa did ask about moon placements in the chart Mm -hmm. um, and then like how to read them and I don't know if I'm able to fully answer that because it's such a large, the moon is such a large topic, Mm -hmm. the planets themselves are such large topics that it's kind of difficult. I've touched on it briefly. I think what I will say is that um, one of the ways that we like so much of what we think about placements in general is that we see the placement of a planet in a sign and we isolate it to that Mm -hmm. almost always we think of it like not always but like if you're not an astrologer a lot of people will say i have the moon in blank
0: and that can tell me
1: a lot about you like on a sort of like tonal level Mm -hmm. but it's going to say something really different say like if you have a moon in like libra and you're a cancer rising that's going to say something really different than if you have a moon in Libra and you're an Aries rising. Right. Like, because right. the planet is going to be somewhere completely different in the chart. And the it's not the moon ruling your first house. Like, uh, if you're not a first house Cancer or you're not a Cancer rising, the moon isn't going to have the same impact. And then to talk about, like, what time of day are you... Right. If you're born during the night, the moon is going to have a much stronger impact on your chart than say mm-hmm. if you're born during the day. As a night baby, like I really and I'm born with the a full moon on well shortly after an eclipse. Oh. So I have a pretty and I was born at night, so I have a oh, okay. fairly prominent moon in my chart. Um, and so I like when I read things, like, especially, like, early on, when you read things about your sun sign, you're like, oh, Geminis are so chatty, and they're yeah, two-faced, yeah. and they are butted da da ba da but, you know, all the dumb shit they say about Geminis. Yeah.
0: yeah um, <laughs>
1: um I, I just, whenever I read those, I'm like, what Gemini hurt you?
0: Right, well, who, who was it <laughs> that really you? smashed your heart? Uh, just call them out by the name.
1: Like, just Yeah, can... we don't have to blame it on the sun. <laughs> Okay, we don't have to blame it on Gemini. Gemini gets a bad rap, Scorpio gets a bad rap, and I feel, yeah, they I feel do. for them. Those, they do. those two in particular. Reading, like, sun sign descriptions, like, you're not, like, if you're born during the night with a big full moon uh-huh. in the sky, you're probably not going to feel that, the presence of that sun nearly as much as you're going to feel your mood.
0: Yeah, and what I hear from a lot of people is that, um, with your sun sign, you know, when you say, I am a blank, which we already talked about, but if you say, like, yeah. I'm a I'm a Virgo, well, that's my sun sign, but there's so much more to the story, and oh, it doesn't even, to me, it doesn't even feel like the sun sign is that big. Like, there are definitely things from the Virgo-esque vibe that kind of, I find in myself, but What's there's your a lot-
1: What's again?
0: Uh, Sagittarius. And I Sagittarius. relate so hard yeah and I just feel like like,
1: that—that your rising sign is going to be more like applicable to you as a personality than any other
0: that's exactly what I was getting at like there are little things from sun and moon that like I do see in myself but the the rising sign nobody talks about how important that is nobody talks about like like
1: in ancient times that was like well I think medieval specifically but like when people talked about your sign it was implied that it was your rising sign Mm mhm not your sun sign and there is like I don't know what the sun dominance thing came from or where that that's mm. is but I think it kind of is like I don't know it's almost in alignment with like that sort of like worship of masculinity uh, so the sun being
0: like primary
1: masculine yeah um, and also representative of dads in the chart. <laughs> so sometimes I see sons. It's funny, because, like, sometimes I look at charts with the sun and the moon, and I'm like, oh, your parents had, like, a pretty friendly relationship, or, like, oh, your parents really did not get on. Like, based on what the sun <laughs> are doing to each other. Um, which is funny, but, like, I, I think that when we think of the sun, it's really good to think of the sun more like the plot line of your life. It's not, like, it's the screenplay. It's like, what kind it's of genre, or not, not even genre, but it, it's more like, what kind of, like, plot do you want?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like, what's your story?
0: And Can you give a little... couple examples of that? Like, just in yeah. general, like. Yeah, absolutely. I love that.
1: Um, so, like, I'll, I'll use it in the full context. So, like, the rising okay. sign is, like, you. The rising sign is, like, okay. very much your personality. When And then the rising sign ruling planet um, is going to be kind of, like, where you act. So, where you're seen. Okay. Um, so, like, let's say you have, I'll, I'll use my chart as an example. If you're in Aries rising and you have Mars and Leo, which puts it in the fifth house, mm. uh, a lot of your action and, like, expression is going to be through the creative pleasure-seeking stuff. And the sun, let's talk about the sun as a plot line. Uh, This is like the kind of the ambition planet. It's the like kind of the driving force motivation, the light that kind of everything circles around, which is why I can see why people would like go from that. But like archetypically, it's a lot harder to see your personality, I think, in the sun sign, unless you're like a Leo rising or you have sun in the first house. Right, Um, right. It'll be your plot line. So like, let's say you have a sun in Libra in the seventh. That is going to be like your main plot line in life is probably a love story like it's probably you trying to like find yourself or find ways of like being in relationship in a way that probably you're like specifically with sun because it's about there's a lot of individuation involved with the sun Mm -hmm. if you're having it in the seventh house some of the 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 yoga or the like the karma of a seventh house sun is like how do you individuate when so much of you is wrapped up in other people
0: fucking ouch dude (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if you have a 7th house son. I no, don't know I, I don't. I, I don't even know. Like,
1: I, people with 7th house sons, they're often like, they often have like, they know themselves and who they are based on what they are for other people or how they are in relationship. And so it can be a little bit of a, like, difficulty for them when they. Have to like find out who they are as an individual,
0: right? Right. Um, so the
1: the plot line has a lot to do with the partnership, whether that's mm-hmm. romantic or you know, right? You know, you're working with other people, and then let's say the moon. Oh, let's put the moon in the uh, the twelfth house because why not? <laughs> um, the twelfth house, the moon is like the circumstance or the setting.
0: So, if you're okay.
1: the setting of the, yeah. So, there's lots of like play analogy I use when I describe um play It makes a lot of and, sense. And like charts. It makes mm-hmm. it, it makes it, it's like one of the few formulas I use. Um, I try not to use too many formulas, uh, mostly because I think you kind of lose some of that like nuance when you're yeah. just like A plus B equals C. Absolutely. Um, which is why when you asked about the math, I was like, I don't know how to describe that. The best way I could do it is through geometry. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's. Yeah. it's so let's say the, the moon is in the 12th house, but you have a first house or seventh house sun. So your setting isn't kind of a difficult place. So the 12th house, um, was symbolized or like a uh, represented places such as hospitals, mm-hmm. um, asylums, okay. um, uh, fugitives or ref, like people who are need to be hidden or right. are, like out of place. Um, even being like a board, like being, um, Wayward at sea. So there's this feeling of lostness, a loss yeah. of control and agency. So perhaps for you, if you have that seventh house sun, you know, it's the plot line is partnerships and like relationships, but you're in the 12th, twel- your moon's in the 12th house. You're doing that in a hospital. Maybe, and not necessarily you are in right. like a firmer, like you're not in like necessarily like in the hospital bed, but perhaps you work in a hospital.
0: Right, right.
1: You know and so you can there's different ways of thinking of um the sun and the moon they have they they have multiple functions and so what the relationship between the sun and the moon as like plot and setting can really help like flesh out the luminaries really flesh out like someone's like broad strokes and then you throw the the first house in there and you kind of get like okay so they're doing this and they're have this kind of personality or this kind of approach gotcha so that's just one way of looking at them.
0: That's but, uh, awesome.
1: Yeah. Hopefully that helps Nisa with her question about mood placements. Um, that's one way of looking at it. People also talk right. about it as relationship as like emotions, uh, subconscious impressions, um, the circumstances of early life, which is again, setting this goes back to the setting again. And then like mothering, like the kind mm-hmm. of mothering you received your relationship with your mother um, or your mother in general. And then, yeah. So those are kind of, like, basic broad strokes. Yeah. And then you can kind of get to the archetypes of the signs and go, okay, I have this moon here. Uh, let's say I have the moon in, I don't know, Taurus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, like, like, I have a steady, very, like, I have a steady, uh, sort of, like, solid ground, very, like, physically oriented, like, have all of my, like, security, there's mm-hmm, something very, like, mm-hmm. the secure stableness of the, the bull, um, very interested in, like, physical comforts and, um, like, I would always trust the Taurus with, like, the food choices.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> trust the Taurus with the food choices, trust the Taurus to, like, pick out the nicest, softest blanket. Um, yeah. Like, they just have this sense, like, Taurus tourist energy really has this way of, like, being in touch with the physical world in a way that's about comfort and, like, desire and, like, right. stability. So, right. like, when you put the moon in that sort of place, probably had a really solid Mm -hmm. thing comfortable usually you'll have a solid comfortable life um unless you're having some really difficult planets or transits that come after right so like not every moon tour tourist moon person is going to have this but like yeah that's just my i really hope that helps dispel some misconceptions people might have or just confusions or like questions people might have about astrology um I would love to do like a best practices video. So, kind of like another way of approaching, like, if you're going to talk to an astrologer, this is how you do it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if you like what you heard, or if you'd want to hear more about your birth chart or transits or anything like that, I have a website, friendlymystic.com. You can find me at friendlymystic basically anywhere. Um, I think TikTok, though I'm not on there a lot, uh, YouTube, uh, Twitter, but. We don't have to talk about Elon (laughs) and uh, Instagram. Uh, Yeah, I put out a full moon and new moon write up. So if you ever want just the general energies of the full and new moon, uh, you can go to my website, my blog, find those there. And um, I will be hosting a moon workshop soon. That's in the works. I want to get it out before... Probably want to do that right before the retrograde, so it's probably coming out in the next week or two. Probably will end up doing it on the retrograde because I'm going backward anyway to do this. But
0: um, I think that's it. That's all I got. Okay. Thank you so much, Alice. For Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. And anytime you want to pop back up for another little like, have you have a thought in your head and you want to share it? Always welcome here. Just you Sweet. know how to get me, and then we'll we can talk about that when it comes up. So thank you. Truly. It was entertaining and educational, uh, (laughs) conversation. So
1: yes, on my, also on my YouTube, I, uh, I have a video breakdown about Saturn and Pisces, which is still kind of like an early transit we're going through. So specifically in the context of Saturn returns, if you are going through your Saturn return right now, I have a three hour video just for you. <laughs> three hours? Oh my god! Yeah, it took me three hours to do a full, I'm, like a full overview of this.
0: I'm a little jealous that I missed out on that. <laughs> oh, it's recorded. You could come. You well, watch. I, I, I my Saturn return was before yours. It's already over. That's it's true. Like, it's a thing. Yeah. It's in the past. Yeah, but I will definitely link directly to that video, um, and and Thank we'll you. get as many people out there as we can. And awesome. Yeah. Have a wonderful day. Thanks so much. Thank you. You too. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining me for this podcast episode. Um, Allie was wonderful. She's great. Um, Just a sweet and wonderful and very um, knowledgeable in the area of astrology. So, again, thank you all. I hope that you are all well. I hope that you can be kind, and I hope your curiosity for this world never fades. Bye.